Welcome to the Humanity Matters Podcast, where we discuss and reflect on faith and philosophy, leadership and social issues. We want to engage in ideas and what it means to be a free human being in the pursuit of human flourishing. For more information, please visit our website, philipfletcher.org. And now, the Humanity Matters Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the weekly edition of Humanity Matters Podcast, where we seek to talk about human dignity, love, kindness, generosity, and being courageous. I'm your host, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Hey, take a moment, visit the website, philipfletcher.org. Find me on Instagram, Dr. Philip Fletcher. Also on Facebook, Dr. Philip D. Fletcher. Let's connect. Let's talk. Let's share ideas. Let's build one another up because we need that. We always need that. And Today, I want to speak to my entrepreneurs. I want to speak to those who are managers, principals, school presidents, CEOs, COOs, CFOs, those individuals, men and women who are in positions of leadership, but then also they have what you will, a supervisory role. They have men and women who are around them. And if we're looking at it from an organizational standpoint, a hierarchical standpoint, individuals who are beneath them that they supervise in order to accomplish specific tasks as it relates to the specific business industry uh, that you are in, whether that is marketing business, education, even religious, coffee shop, whatever. Two things are at play. If you're running an entity that is bringing in some type of revenue, but is also producing a service, is that one, there is a concern for profits, You have to keep the lights on. You have to have the resources to purchase the materials to produce the products that have to go out. But then also the money to come in to compensate those individuals who are doing the work. But the other side of that is this, is the well-being of those individuals who are in your specific workplace. Now, Philosophically, we could talk about the objectivity and the subjectivity of work. When I mean the objectivity of work, that is the productivity. That is the the producing of the service that is marketed. People hear about it. They come and they get the service. And there's an exchange that happens. But that's the objectivity, the production of the service. Then there's a subjectivity that is dealing with the individuals who are doing the work. Now, if you paid attention to my podcast for any uh, period of time, 
I hold to what is called personalism. And it looks at the subjectivity of human beings, that human beings have dignity, worth. I take the position we have this dignity and worth because human beings are made in the image and likeness of God, the Imago Dei. Thus, we are subjects, not objects, subjects who are an end in, in themselves. We are not means to an end. We are the end. And so the things that we do as persons, we voluntarily are doing those things. We are voluntarily giving of ourself in order to illuminate the dignity and worth that is in each and every one of us. And so part of that is the well-being of the subject, the human person, the employee, right? So you as the boss, the CEO, the COO, the entrepreneur, the principal, uh, whomever who's in a supervisory role, you are a subject, but then also the individuals that you have hired, they are subjects as well. And so the subjects these men and women you have brought on in order to do the objective activities of your particular workplace. So there's a tension that happens, the objectivity and the subjectivity of work. Now, a lot of times throughout history, the objectivity has taken a higher position over the subjectivity of the individuals who are doing the work. To an extreme, that becomes slavery because it's a depersonalization. As we move away from that towards the subjectivity, we can find that industries, businesses can call their employees to do a lot of work over long periods of hours and that has a detrimental effect on the emotional, psychological, and physical well-being of those who are working. As time progressed, legislation, industry advancements, individuals were, make, were able to do more in a less period of time. Also, the ideas of collaboration, shared workspace, obviously with the internet and being able to do online things. Industries, businesses, Schools, religious institutions, entrepreneurs, again, have been able to do the objective in a more effective and efficient way. But we also have to remember the subjectivity of the workplace, the human beings who are doing the actual work. So for the employer, it's not one or the other. It's not an either or, but it's a both and. How do we lead in this tension of the subjectivity and objectivity of the workplace? How do we concern ourselves not only with the well-being of those who are doing the work, but also making sure that quality is produced so that the workplace can continue to be a sustaining place, a place where a product is produced, but then also a place where the individuals who are coming to do the work feel as if they are personalized. Think about that. It's one thing to do things with people, 
as a boss, but also how do we live for our employees? How do we live for them? How do we create a workplace that is for them, that is considering their physical, emotional, psychological well-being? So as the employer, as the boss, as the COO, CEO, CFO, the the entrepreneur, you're in year two, you got to keep your eye on the person and the profits. So here's some things that you can consider. Uh, I'm drawing on John F. Crosby, who is commenting on Pope John Paul II's personalism. Um, And so he sees it this way that For the manager, and I'm quoting, all right, he should think of himself as someone who is morally connected to his employees, that in fact, he has a certain responsibility for them. So what steps can you take as the owner, the CEO, you know, the manager to consider the well-being of those that you supervise and lead. Well, incentivize rest. One of the things I do at my nonprofit, I get couches so that my employees, like during lunchtime, they can take a nap, right? They can rest and they can just be, right? We lock the doors, right, for that hour time so that they can just rest and be to their own thoughts, listen to their music, have conversation. So incentivize rest, Create a workplace environment where there's an opportunity for individuals to rest not only their minds, but their emotions and their bodies. Next, have a open door policy. Now, this may seem, you know, like, well, duh, but really make yourself available as the supervisor. Let your people know that they can come in and they can sit down or say, hey, can I grab a few moments of your time? And you sit down and you listen to what it is they have to say. It may be work related. It could be non-work related. What's going on in their personal lives. Either way, make yourself available for those that you are working with. Third, manage the workload. You can look at your, your calendar through the year by the quarter, right? The month, the week, the day, manage the workload, right? Maybe in that, be like, hey, you know what? We're going to close an hour early. Like, really? We're going to close an hour early and it's going to be okay. If your product is good, if your service is good, the people are going to continue to come back. Imagine what that would look like if after three long days of working on a project or or putting on an event, you let your people know, hey, we're cutting out early today, an hour early, or you're taking a half day this week. And notice the motivation, notice the change in people's uh, demeanor. And what you are doing, you're investing in the well-being of those men and women who are doing the objective activities on a daily basis. Be courageous. Hey, if you found something of value, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Find us on Facebook at Dr. Philip Fletcher. Find us on Twitter at Phil Fletcher. 
And as always, visit us on the website, philipfletcher.org.